HIV and our patients over 50. Are we doing enough? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a ReachMD special series, Exploring Health Education. I'm your host, Dr. Gary Cohn, and joining me is Jane Fowler, who is the founder and director of the HIV Wisdom for Older Women program. Jane was a career journalist for more than 30 years and now serves as an HIV-AIDS prevention educator. Today, we're going to be talking about HIV in our patients over 50 and whether we're doing enough as physicians. Jane, we appreciate your being with us. Thanks for uh, joining us this morning. Of course. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your own background and how you got into the business of uh, being a health educator from your previous life. I got into the business when I discovered that I had become HIV infected and I thought that what what should I do about this? Well, perhaps one thing I could do is try and educate others so that this would not happen to them, other older people, and so I began to speak out. When you first started into speaking out, was your intent to talk to potentially infected patients, to talk to healthcare providers? What what were you thinking of at the beginning of all this? Not infected patients. I was trying to reach an audience of people who did not understand transmission and prevention of this disease. As older people, the general public, they needed to understand this. Medical providers needed to understand that older people remain sexually active, probably remain IV drug users if they have been, and that the same questions asked of a younger person or the same medical histories taken of a younger person need to be taken of an older person. And when you got into this, I assume you got an education that was uh, maybe better than a lot of physicians get about HIV, AIDS, and and older populations. What what have you learned so far about, well, let's just say, you know, who gets it, how they get it, how much is out there? What have you learned so far? I think that anyone who is sexual, anyone who uses drugs, shares needles, is at risk for this disease. Therefore, I think it, it doesn't matter age, one has to understand HIV, how it can be transmitted and how it can be prevented. Yes, there are populations that are called at risk. They're considered populations that are at higher risk than other, quote, populations. This is true, but look at me as an example. I would not fit, I do not fit any of the, quote, high-risk population, and yet I ended up becoming HIV-infected. It can happen to anyone. You never know the sexual or drug history of anybody but yourself. You've written and uh, shared in in various formats the fact that AIDS cases in the over-50 population have have risen more than twice as fast as those among younger adults, and that especially in women over 50. Were you surprised to find that out, and, and do you think your audiences are surprised to find that out? I'm certain they are. Because, again, this is not an age group that's considered at risk, that's considered to be vulnerable to acquiring the infection. You've spoken out in a a number of venues, number of formats. You've written, you've been on TV, uh, radio. Tell us about some of the feedback you've gotten. Uh, Let's let's talk about the positive feedback first. What, What kind of responses have you got that you could share with us? At the conclusion, 
conclusion of oral presentations, members frequently members of the audience will come up and offer will praise me and say I'm courageous. That that embarrasses me. I don't feel I'm courageous, but if if I've gotten a point across, then that's good. And if I have reached if I've quote reached them, then that's good. I get emails, I get letters. One email in particular I remember that pleased me. I had spoken to a college class of students. They were studying for their master's in social work. And, of course, what we always have to remind younger people is that older older people are still sexually active. And, of course, I had left my business card or some means to reach me with the class. And the next day I received an email from a young woman who said she had listened to me and she thanked me, of course, and that kind of thing. And then she went on to say that her mother was, uh, say, age 50 and had been widowed a couple of years earlier. The young woman's father had died and that her mother was thinking of beginning to date again. And so she said she had been so struck by my story that she was going to share it with her mother so her mother would understand what was out there. That made me feel very good. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to a special series exploring health education on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Gary Cohn, and I'm speaking with Jane Fowler, and we're talking about HIV and our patients over 50. Are we doing enough? So, Jane, we've been talking about some of the uh, positive feedback you've had, and I'm sure that's very gratifying. I suspect, given the nature of the subject matter, you've probably received some critical commentary in your career. You want to share some of that with us? In the year 2000, I was asked by the editors of Modern Maturity, the magazine of the AARP organization, to write my story. And I did, and it was published. The headline, which I didn't write, that was chosen by someone at the magazine, was Why Me? That troubled me a bit because I never say that. I never ask, Why Me? And that perhaps brought about some of the response because letters came in, were received at the magazine after the publication. Probably 60 letters came in. Half were letters of support. Half were negative, nasty even, letters. Some people wrote, why me? Why not her? Jane Fowler deserved what she got. Okay, so we still have some work to do on the disease concept, I guess. Let's talk about some of the practical issues involved when you're a health educator and you're dealing in this venue, especially with a population that's been neglected. Do you think there is enough attention, enough dollars, enough effort being spent by those people that do such things to address the issue? And I'm thinking government grants, private funding, charitable institutions. Absolutely not. With the economy, you can imagine (laughs) what the results are. All of us are fighting for grants these days to get money, the resources. When you first started with the National Association of HIV Over 50, where did the funding for that come from? The main founder of that organization is with a group called the Midwest AIDS Training and Education Center in Chicago. And so there was some money from that group. We got a couple of grants from pharmaceutical companies that wanted to be supportive. And we then, myself, for example, if I gave a presentation and there was a stipend, an honorarium, that did not come to me personally. It went to the organization, which is 
still true today with my HIV Wisdom for Older Women program. No funds come to me personally. Everything goes back into the program to further the education. Have you had much opportunity in your work to talk to medical audiences, especially of late, say in the last few years? And do you, do you expect more of that? I would hope. I've had a bit of success with reaching medical students. And I would hope that that might continue so that these medical students will understand a little bit about geriatrics or that at least the older people, uh, to understand at least that older people remain sexual beings and that therefore they are at, can be at risk for HIV. I can tell you that I once spoke at a medical conference, convention, it happened to be in Las Vegas. It was attended by a number of physicians. I spoke in a workshop. There were four of us talking about uh, HIV in women. You know, there were about 150 in the audience, mostly male physicians. When I got up to speak about HIV, it was billed in the elderly woman. Fully half of that audience got up and left. That told me how ageism is also part of this problem. Right, I can see that. Yes. I can see that. So I I take it you would agree that there's uh, much to do in our educational process, medical students, residents, physicians. And maybe before I forget here, how about if you give us your website in case people wanted to get future information on this? www.hivwisdom.org. Okay, www.hivwisdom.org. Great. What's in the future for you, Jane? What's on your plate now? What What do you see going on in the next couple of years in this area? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm 72, <laughs> and I intend to continue pursuing my goal of reaching out, but I don't see that we have advanced in the years that I've been doing this work, much past where we were when I began it. So that's not encouraging. At the World AIDS Conference in Toronto two years ago, which I did attend, there were no sessions on HIV and older people. And you know that all over the world, this this has to be the same. Older people have to be infected. And if a world conference can't look at it... Well, I think that's a good message to leave with. I want to express my thanks to Jane Fowler for being our guest. We've been talking about HIV and our patients who are over 50 and whether we're doing enough. I'm Dr. Gary Cohn. You've been listening to a special series exploring health education on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. To comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com. Register with promo code RADIO and receive six months free streaming for your home or office. Thank you for listening.